Hey, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked on Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Good, good. Uh, welcome to uh, Senior Bowl week. It is Senior Bowl week down here in Mobile, Alabama. Do y'all throw moon buys? Actually, yes. Uh, <laughs> I don't ever go. I don't, well, I guess I went one time, but they actually, with all the Senior Bowl people in town, uh, the city actually throws a Mardi Gras parade, uh, I believe, on Friday nights of Senior Bowl week. There is a, Mar even though Mardi Gras doesn't start for like another month, uh, they'll they'll do like a, a Mardi Gras parade uh, specifically for the Senior Bowl people in town. So there actually is moon pies and beads on Friday night, but uh, I think I've only gone to it one time. I need a carb-free moon pie, and I don't think they <laughs> exist. You think they make one out of cauliflower or some shit? If you get like super drunk and go to Mardi Gras parades, moon pies are actually pretty good. Uh, I don't know that I've ever had one sober, but I believe people do eat them sober. I believe people do. Yeah, I, I, it's not my favorite. It's not my go-to snack, but yep. I'm sort of like you. I mean, if, if somebody throws a moon pie at me, I'm going to catch it and eat it. I mean, I'm not going <laughs> like, oh, shit, this would be great later. I mean, no. I'm either going to catch it and eat it or put it on the ground and let somebody else get it. So, I was um, actually in a parading organization for over 15 years and uh, just got out about a year or two ago. I just kind of done enough of that. But uh, it, it's, it's, it's fun. It's, it's fun to provide moon pies to the, to the, to the public. It's, it's, it's more fun than you would think. Um, all right. So some coaching news. It looks like Freddie Roach. Yep. Former Alabama linebacker will be joining the Alabama staff. Yeah, that's uh, I think uh, Tim Watts from Bama Online has sort of half reported that he expects that to happen, and, and that, that appears to be the case. And he's been coaching the defensive line. So at Ole Miss, I assume he's going to coach the defensive line at Alabama. There's no reason to make that official or, you know, Alabama might with the release in the next day or two go ahead and make that official. But I, I would project that he would be on the uh, – on the defensive line. I think the most important aspect of that, number one, I, I like Freddie Roach. I think he's a pretty good recruiter. Um, I think if we all had our druthers, we would prefer Bo Davis, but for one reason or another, that doesn't appear to, to be happening. I do like the fact that um, Freddie Roach played Alabama. I also like the fact that McKinley Jackson likes him a lot. McKinley Jackson took a visit to Alabama this weekend, the fabulous defensive lineman out of Mississippi who was a, uh, just a kick-ass player in all these all-star events he went to. So I think that's also positive. Um, and, hey, man, if, if if Freddie Roach were to help bring in McKinley Jackson, he's worth it right there. Oh, no doubt. McKinley is Alabama's top priority uh, among – for the February signing date, other than the kids already committed to us, the, the uncommitted kids, McKinley Jackson is no doubt Alabama's top priority. I think uh, hiring Freddie Roach would be very helpful – uh, with landing McKinley doesn't make anything a certainty, but but it would be helpful. And uh, Freddie's done a good job. You know, Freddie also before he coached at Ole Miss for several years, he coached at South Alabama. Uh, so Freddie has extensive experience recruiting the state of Alabama. Uh, he's well known here. Uh, he was offered a job with the New York Giants and turned that down. So uh, obviously, Freddie's really well thought of by a lot of people in the industry. Uh, I think it would be a really good hire. Uh, I like that it's a young recruiter. I think uh, in the last cycle of hires, we 
hired a lot of older veteran coaches and maybe got away from the young recruiter. Maybe we went too far in that direction. So this kind of balances us out, puts another young recruiter out there. And uh, yeah, I, I think it's uh, I think it's all good. Uh, Brian Baker then would move either off the field into a support role at Alabama or decides to continue coaching on the field somewhere else. Yeah, and I'm sure this – a lot of people are looking for other coaching moves, but who knows what's going to happen there. Um, I guess we'll just take a wait-and-see approach with that. Uh, really quickly, any thoughts yesterday on the NFC-AFC championship games? Uh, J.K. Scott didn't have his best game. Uh, Derrick Henry didn't have his best game, unfortunately. Um, and somebody asked uh, the uh, Locked on Bama Twitter uh, hey, who do you guys like? And I said, I replied with, well, I like the Titans and the Packers, but that means go opposite. And damn, if I wasn't right. <laughs> yeah, the uh, both home teams uh, won the games. And, uh, you know, in the end, I think they are the two best teams in football in 2019. So I think it, it ended, it's going to end the way it should with the best team from the AFC playing the best team from the NFC. And uh, I'm excited for Reggie Raglan playing in his first Super Bowl. Uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs, I guess because of Reggie, I'm going to be for the Chiefs. Uh, it's going to be a really good matchup because uh, I, every time I think I'm ready to say, uh, I think the Chiefs will win, I, I remember how good that 49ers defense is, and the 49ers are, are finally healthy on defense. They had been really good most of the year, but banged up. Now they got all their guys back, and I think those Niners are going to be tough to beat. On the other hand, uh, the Chiefs have the best player on the field in Patrick Mahomes. So uh, I, I'm uh, – I think it's going to be a good one. I'm excited about it. Yeah, it's it is. You know, I'm I'm a blue blood kind of guy. Uh, I love to see the big boys play and and the number one seeds play. So the fact that both number one seeds made it all the way to Super Bowl is positive. I just don't like the 49ers. Although, as we pointed out, kudos to Andrew Bone for pointing this out first that D'Amico Ryan's is on the staff at San Francisco. So it's not like they have no Alabama connections right now. They're just no Alabama players on that roster. Um, any other recruiting news out there, Jimmy? No, they're really uh, – Nick, Nick Saban is in Texas today uh, doing an in-home with Alfred Collins. Uh, Alfred Collins is one of the top uncommitted defensive line prospects in the country. He is apparently down to Alabama, Texas, and Oklahoma. I don't think Alabama has ever led for him, nor is there any evidence or reason to believe that he's going to go far from home to play college football. So – I think Texas is probably the favorite with Oklahoma in second and Alabama sort of a dark horse. Uh, so I, I, I'm not optimistic that we end up with Alfred Collins, although he's a really good player. We would definitely make room for him because he's such a good prospect. But uh, probably we lose this one out to geography. That said, when Nick Saban's in your house, it's very tempting to say, yeah, coach, I'll play for you. I mean, a lot of kids do do that on a whim because uh, Nick and Alabama is hard to turn down. But, you know, if we're, if we're betting people, uh, I think we bet with uh, Texas here. How how in the world are we going to figure out these numbers? I know that's a Nick Saban problem, not a Luke and Jimmy problem, but it seems like our scholarship numbers are a bit of an issue. It really is. Uh, you know, per now, if, if we're going by this, I mean, no one really knows exactly what the numbers are. Nobody really knows that. Um, but in terms of players who have publicly committed, who have publicly committed to Alabama and, and signed on signing day or are publicly committed, 
If you add it all up right now, even with the transfer of Scott Lashley to Mississippi State, it's at 89, apparently. And uh, while that number in and of itself isn't super problematic, what is problematic is we have a signing day in three weeks and we're going to add more guys. So for each guy you sign, that's one more that has to come off before August, before the start of school. Uh, so that is a, a, a little problematic. Some kids are going to just choose to play elsewhere, just like Scott Lashley did. I mean, Scott, a good kid. He's been a good player at Alabama, but he's always had a all-American type in front of him and just couldn't get into the lineup. Uh, and, 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 you know, all we know, you know, somebody the other day said, oh, well, Lashley was never going to play here. Well, yeah, that's true. But, like, last year the starting tackles were Leatherwood and Wills. Does that mean that Lashley's terrible because he can't beat out Leatherwood or Wills? Uh, no, I mean, it's just hard to get in the lineup at Alabama. So I suspect he'll do well at Mississippi State. Now, uh, that got away from your question about the numbers, but I don't know what the plan is. Uh, this, this, this situation has, has sorted itself out each and every year. Alabama has signed more players than they had room for. And it worked out. I'm sure it will work out again without scandal or corruption happening. So so uh, it will work out. But, yes, as of right now, roughly four guys need to leave before August to make the numbers work. And for each guy we add, one more has to come off. Now, I'm sure we have fans out there that could give a crap less about this problem. They don't understand it. They don't care to try to understand it these are just the fans that that are like pie in the sky things will always work out no matter what they want us to sign six more guys maybe we can squeeze six more in but if we sign six guys on on the february signing date that's 10 that have to leave the program between now and august let me tell you that that sounds impossible to me we would have a big problem most likely if we sign as many as six additional guys in February. I just don't see how you can clear out 10 between now and August when all of your juniors have already made their decision. There's already been the mid-semester portaling out for Ford and, and Lashley. Uh, gosh, 10 sounds impossible to me, but we'll see. Um, yeah, that's going to that's, that's, that's gonna be a thing, man. I mean, luckily we got the best in the business handling it. But that's that's a thing. I mean, I don't I don't know how you make that work. Um, Jimmy, I do need to throw this in there. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On Bama to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Bama is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Alabama fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On Bama gives you your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Locked On Bama and Alabama fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, they didn't check with me on that, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com backslash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On Advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com backslash advertising and we look forward to hearing from you. So if you like Locked On Bama, 
advertise with us. Looking at you again, Pringles. <laughs> and the advantage to that is you listeners who do are in a marketing position and want to market your company or a product, you've probably noticed that we give special attention to the, the live reads and you can get your own live read that will get special. So it's not only your 30 second live read or your 60 second live read that you get. As you know, me and Luke, uh, we sort of drum up additional support and talk about it beyond that minute because uh, anyone that sponsors the show uh, needs needs special attention. Yeah, you don't we... have to be a man's a manscaper to uh, get extra attention. Uh, no, you don't. In fact, if you're not a manscaper, you'll probably get extra attention, not in a positive way. <laughs> Maybe not in a positive way anymore. As as we have left, we have left the the Vietnam jungle years behind us. It's it's 2020, people. Yeah, y'all y'all got to get on board with that. I mean, I I'm probably not doing it right, but I mean, I, I'm trying my best. I mean, while we're, <laughs> while while we, we never have, let's not start now. I, there are all kind of stories in there uh, somewhere. Um, the Rivals, New Rivals uh, Top 10 was released just a minute ago, and um, it looks like Bryce Young ends the cycle as the number two player in uh, the Rivals Top 10, number two overall. Eric Gilbert ends number nine. I'm sort of watching this video as I'm talking to you. So if you want to talk about either of those two guys really quickly, and I'll let you know some other Alabama connection guys that are in it. Well, you say Bryce Young finished number two or 10? Number two overall. Two overall. That's that's pretty incredible considering his size. I mean, you know, I've ranked kids, you know, my, <laughs> most of my adult life one way or the other. And and, and, you know, what you're really looking for is the boxes. I mean, what boxes are checked? And considering that Bryce Young can't check what used to be considered a make-or-break issue for quarterbacks, your height, he can't even check that box. For him to be the number two prospect overall should tell everyone what type of, not special, special in a good enough word, the extraordinary talent that, that Bryce Young has and hopefully – his game will translate to the next level. Uh, I, I feel it will. I feel he's going to be an outstanding college quarterback, and I think he'll be an outstanding college quarterback sooner rather than later. That's my guess. But, again, I just, you know, for, for protection of the kid and his sanity, I hope we can keep the expectations at least a little in check. It's just not fair to him. Let him develop at his pace, not yours. I can help you with that. There's a 0.0% chance that expectations are held in check for him. I know. I know. Now, Sometimes I feel like I'm down at the beach, standing uh, waist deep, holding my hands up, trying to stop the waves from coming in when it comes to like that. Yeah, <laughs> it's, just, it's, just, it's just not fair to the kid is all I'm saying. We want Bryce to do well. Of course we do. But, 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 but having this, he's got to start by Southern Cal or Nick's not. You know, I mean, just let the kid play when he's ready to play. You know, Tua announced to the world he was ready to be the starting quarterback in the second half of the Georgia game his freshman year. And you can argue that maybe it should have happened sooner. That That's fine. You can have your opinion about that. But what I mean is Tua told everyone when he was ready. That was his moment. Now let, let Bryce have his. And, and maybe it happens in practice. Maybe it happens in game one. Maybe it happens in game four. Maybe exactly like two, it happens in the playoff. I don't know, 
but just let Bryce announce to the world, hey, I'm ready to do this. And until then, just be supportive of whatever quarterback Alabama's putting on the field. So DJ Ugalelele, um, who I don't – you know, every time I see that, I always want to go, U-G-L-Y, you ain't got no alibi, you Ugalelele. <laughs> I'm not going to stop you from cheer. doing that. Keep doing Clemson, that. I'm not going to stop you from it. Clemson, feel free to use that. Clemson's cleaning up in this top ten. They got Brian Breezy, who ends up number one. Uh, DJ U uh, is number three. Uh, Miles Murphy is also in there. Ke- uh, Keely Ringo uh, committed to Georgia, Georgia is in the top ten. Um, Elias Ritz might be a little overrated in the top ten. Might be a little overrated <laughs> and, uh, for me, Ringo. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying he's bad. I'm not saying boy Georgia never should have taken him. I'm just saying five star, top ten nationally. Uh, I don't know. Um, then let's see, Roderick Jones, who's kind of down to Auburn and Georgia, but I think he ends up at, um, I think he ends up at Georgia. Um, he's committed to Georgia, but he's not really committed. So, um, he's in there. I mean, so the SEC and Clemson kind of dominate the whole top 10. I I know there's no shock to anybody. Kind of funny to me that, uh, the five-star offensive lineman from Georgia that's sort of committed to Georgia and may go to Auburn considering two places that have had major changes on the offensive line with uh, Pittman out at Georgia moving on to Arkansas and then hiring Matt Luke. And then Auburn uh, uh, Auburn also makes a change on their offensive line with J.B. Grimes out. So uh, that's the reality that, that so many of these kids have to make decisions not either and not either not knowing who their coach is going to be or, or not knowing their coach very well. And, uh, and, and then we're doing the same thing with the hire of Freddie Roach. Uh, whereas McKinley Jackson has been recruited for a year. His primary recruiter is Pete Golding geographically. But the way recruiting works, and most of you all know this, but the way recruiting works, typically, you know, the geography coach, the coach that's assigned to the geography, he's the one that makes initial contact, and he's the initial advocate for the kid in terms of, you know, Pete Golding, for instance, recruits, you know, the Mississippi coast, which is why he's got, you know, McKinley Jackson, who's, who's down in George County, which is on the coast of, of, in Mississippi. Uh, that's Pete Golding's area. So, so Golding's responsible for him and Golding was the one that brings him to the attention of the whole staff. And then they decide, you know, as a staff and then coach Saban, whether to prioritize him off from a scholarship and that sort of thing. And Golding shepherds that, but as the kid, as we like him and we offer him and the kid likes us and it becomes apparent that it's very possible. This is a kid that might be in the class at some point, his position coach becomes equally responsible for him because after all, the, you know, McKinley Jackson, while Golding will be his defensive coordinator, Golding's not going to be his position coach. He needs to have a good relationship uh, with his position coach, a guy that's going to coach him every single day. So at some point in the process, the position coach becomes a very valuable part of the recruiting process to the kid. And uh, with Alabama and, and McKinley, we're doing this little last minute switch. But as you've already pointed out, Luke, uh, fortunately, and probably not coincidentally, <laughs> Freddie Roach had been recruiting. Uh, McKinley to Ole Miss. So McKinley knows Freddie well uh, from some quotes that I've read in the media. He apparently likes Freddie, as uh, as most of us do. So uh, so yeah, all, all positives there. But that's kind of the way recruiting sort of works. It's it's initially the geography coach, and uh, and and then he's sort of handed off to the position coach later in the process, who becomes kind of a co-recruiter uh, to the kid uh, as you get closer and closer to signing day. Um, the AP top 25 in basketball has come out. I mean, not shockingly, Alabama's not in it, not yet. Uh, they've got 
Vanderbilt coming up Wednesday, and then, of course, Kansas State coming up on Saturday. Two huge games. If Alabama were to win those, I think they would be squarely on the very good side of the bubble. Um, But listen to this top 25, and it's the most bizarre top 25 I think I've ever heard. One, Baylor. Two, Gonzaga. Three, Kansas. Four, San Diego State. Five, Florida State. Six, Louisville. Seven, Dayton. Eight, Duke. Nine, Villanova. Ten, Seton Hall. Uh, Butler at 13, Auburn at 16, Kentucky 15, um, Iowa at 19, uh, Colorado at 23, Rutgers at 24, Houston at 25. Just weird. Crazy. Crazy. Especially the top 10. Especially the top 10. This blows your mind. This, This is the most open. I mean, you know, it might end up being a blue blood at the end, but. If there is every year that a mid-major is going to win the national championship, it's a good year to do it. I mean, it's just it's just wide open. Anybody will be able to beat anybody. Like we said a couple of podcasts ago, I think before the NCAA basketball tournament starts and you're going to pick a national champion, you're going to look at those one seeds, the two seeds. You might even decide to get totally crazy and look at a three or a four. This year, you can go down to six and seven, I'll bet, and, and, and find a team that, that, that might get hot at the end and win it all. It, it 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 it'll be surprising if the final four this year is made up of just ones and twos, whoever the hell the ones and twos are going to be. I totally agree. I, one suggestion, Jimmy, you are you're sort of fading in and out a little bit oh. at times. It's sort of sort of splotchy. I think that yeah. it's because you're using your internet to call in right now. You may have to use your wireless carrier because that's been uh, that's been really clear. We've got nothing but compliments on your melodic tones. Oh well, thanks. Uh, we'll we'll. How about we sing the next podcast? I'm down with it. Just sing the whole thing, like you know how all the um all the sitcoms they get once they get a little stale, they do like an all singing episode. I know the Simpsons did it. I mean, the you know everybody's done it. But um, speaking all of all in that, the family, all in the family. Did you do uh? Did you happen to see Curb Your Enthusiasm last night? I have not. I have not, although I am a big fan of the show and Larry David. Oh, my gosh. It was great. I mean, it's so good to have him back. Um, I, I really do love that show. And I understand <clears throat> politically it may bother some people sometimes. But, you know, it, you got to take all this with a grain of salt. And it, what was funny was last night he he – First of all, you know how they all have these one little nuance things that they can making this big issue. He said he's there was a guy at a party that he didn't want to talk to. And so he said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give him the big goodbye. And I was like, what are you talking about? He said, well, at the end of the night, when I'm about to walk out the door, I'm going to notice him again. Go up to him and say, oh, my God, I've got to go. But I'm so sorry I didn't get to talk to you more. Um, Man, I just, you know, I, I wish we had spent more time together. And so but he I went up go. to the guy and did all that. And the guy said, you're giving me the big goodbye. And he was like, what are you talking about? I'm not this. He said, okay, if you're not giving me the good, big goodbye and you're really sad, you don't get to talk to me. Let's have lunch on Wednesday. And he was like, okay. So he had to go to lunch with him on Wednesday. And he was trying to figure out a way to get out of that. Get out of it. <laughs> and what he, what he figured out throughout the episode was that he saw like various people wearing uh, make America great again hats. And like every time he saw one, like the guy he was with go, God, I hate those things. And so he went and bought a MAGA hat and wore it to the lunch. And so the guy got there and felt uncomfortable all of a sudden and was like, um, yeah, I got to go pick up my son at the airport. I just forgot, you know, 
And so he ended up getting out of it. And so he started wearing the hat more often to get out of other things. It was just it was funny <laughs> That's funny. Because it's a funny premise. It is a funny, a funny premise p- because no matter what side of the political aisle you're on, like Everybody wearing needs that to hat get out of makes line. such a statement. It, it's that it, it's sort of like, um, well, like, you know, the, those pink hats, the, the feminists wore that one time, whose name I can't say on this podcast. I cuss a lot, but I'm not going that far. Um, they, and, and, you know, it's like you see somebody in that hat and you're like, I ah, just, you know, that makes me a little uncomfortable. I think those hats make some people uncomfortable and it was just controversial. So it was just, it's funny that they picked up on that and Ray would have turned, turned it into a whole sitcom. You know, again, I just thought it was kind of funny. Um, so yeah, I love that show, and I'm I'm watching The Outsider too, with you know, which had Jason Bateman, who was killed off quite early, uh, in the in the show, which kind of shocked me. Are you watching that at all on HBO? Nope, 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 nope. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> uh, usually, usually sports. I know that's <laughs> going to shock people. <laughs> usually sports. I'm watching the the playback. I'm watching the Duke game. I'm still working on that Duke game, and I and, and I have watched the entire first half now, but uh. I still have the second half of the Duke game to go. That's what that's most of my my uh, my viewing right now. All right, well you are you are getting splotchier and splotchier. You actually do huh. better when you're in the car than when you're in no, really. your hamster just be. driven Wi-Fi. I've noticed uh, right outside my building they're doing a ton of construction work. I wonder if that has a. I don't know how that would affect anything, but they're doing a ton of construction out there, and. The cell traffic around the I am actually on my cell phone, even though I'm at, at, at the office, a uh, ton of cell uh, activity just because uh, downtown is packed with the uh, probably a thousand visitors between coaches, scouts and media. Uh, you're talking about an additional thousand busy people that are all in one congested area within two or three blocks of my office downtown. So could be a factor as well. You know, I was going to say I picked up literally 22% of what you just said. <laughs> Thankfully, I didn't say anything too important. Let me uh, <laughs> change. I didn't say anything too important. So we'll we'll change locations in the building because uh, normally we get a good uh, – normally, like you said, normally we're complimented on my uh, easy-to-hear melodic – well, sometimes even referred to as angelic voice. Dulcet tones, dulcet. Yeah, I don't know what that means. I'm not means, even sure what dulcet but, tones means. I just know I've I mean, heard other know. people say it. Yeah, I don't know what that means uh, either. All right, all right. Well, it doesn't matter. You don't need to change because I think we're about to run out of time on our, our hamster-driven uh, website. So <laughs> I think it all works out. All right. Um, so we will have another episode for you guys tomorrow. There wasn't a lot going on today. Sorry about that. We'll t- hopefully something big will happen between now and tomorrow's episode. Well, uh, we should have a hire to announce, and we'll go more in-depth when there's a release from Alabama about new coaches. And, of course, we have uh, continued news from, uh, from the Senior Bowl. All right, buddy. Roll Tide. Roll Tide.